Is one of baseball's top prospects worth the late round flyer? And could shorter outings be a good thing for certain pitchers? Like death and taxes, Dodger's been a Dodger. <laughs> I have but, not had uh, three cold brews uh, yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15. On The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Thursday, July 2nd. I'm Al Melkier, and I am here with Michael Beller. And Michael, um, I was basically looking for an excuse to talk about Joe Adele. And um, you know, today, there, I just happened to come across a news item. So um, we haven't talked about him in a long time, I don't think. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about him, his draft value, some possible alternatives to Joe, Odell, Joe Adele. And also... Um, I want to get back to a topic that we have talked about quite a bit, which is um, uh, the teams probably getting a little experimental with their their uh, pitching usage and what that could mean for certain uh, certain pitchers. Uh, but before we get to that, just a couple of quick things that I think are, are worth at least touching upon here. And one is uh, that on Wednesday, there was a report that Jordan Hicks is going to begin the season on the injured list. So I'm, I don't feel like it's really um, that we really need to go into that Cardinals bullpen situation because we've talked about that really recently. I don't think it changes anything, but it's still an important thing to be aware of. And then also um, on Wednesday, uh, an interesting quote tweet, quote tweet, excuse me, from Susan Slusser of the San Francisco Chronicle. Uh, and she the, the quote tweet is from an epidemiologist, Zachary Benny, Ph.D., uh, and his tweet says, uh, now the MLS bubble is infected. And so she quote tweeted that said with major implications for MLB. So I, you know, I'm not an epidemiologist, but, um, although I did used to work in a, a, a college of public health, but, um, but, uh, not an epidemiologist. I don't think that, I don't think that substitutes. It does. It doesn't. Yeah. The, 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 <laughs> the, the skills transfer is, is not really there. <laughs> so yeah, you don't epidemiology by osmosis. I don't think is a thing. No, that's for sure. <laughs> um, so I, I'm not going to, uh, you know, play, play a doctor here and, and try to interpret what that means, but, uh, it certainly has implications, I think for, for all the other leagues that are trying to come back. So that's obviously mm-hmm. something that we'll be uh, keeping tabs on, but, uh, Michael, let's have a little Joe Adele talk here. And, um, yeah, it's interesting because our alternate universe played on, uh, out of the park, we're on the verge of having an all LA world series, angels and Dodgers. Um, both teams are. Uh, are basically one game away from winning their um, league championship series, and so uh, the you know the Dodgers not too surprising there, but for the Angels to uh, you know blow through the uh, blow through the the league uh, series there, um, looking there one of the the if you could look for a surprise there it was that Joe Odell did play a really important role for the simulated Angels. And so that gave me pause to, um, you know, check out where he's been drafted. But also there was a, um, a news item from Ria Torres of the Los Angeles Times that the Angels are planning on giving Adele a lot of reps in, in intra-squad games with an eye of, you know, trying to figure out what his role is for the season. So that does open the door for Adele to play in the majors this season. His average draft position on Fantasy Pros is 241. I'm, I'm going to say I think that that's high even though that does represent a late pick in the 12-team league. So where are you? Do you think he has the upside to justify using a, a pick in, in that spot? 
Yeah, I think if you're going purely on upside, I think you could definitely make that argument. I totally buy the long-term future for Joe Adele. The problem, of course, is going to be playing time. I mean, even if you look at a short season, uh, Mike Trout, he's going to be out there every day. The DH spot, that's pretty much spoken for no matter what, with Shohei Otani occupying it on days he doesn't pitch. Even when he does pitch, I would have to imagine in a season like this, they're going to want to get some days uh, for Mike Trout off his legs, some days for Anthony Rendon off his legs, uh, for Justin Upton, Albert Pujols, all those guys I think would probably take precedence over Joe Adele getting some DH uh, ABs. We know how much. Joe Madden loves uh, David Fletcher. Got to imagine that's a, a chess piece he's going to use in multiple spots. Another guy who could take uh, time away or potential time away from Adele. So even in a short season, even knowing what his ceiling is and what his long-term future outlook looks like, I just think it's still a hard way for toward playing time to at-bats for Adele in this 2020 season. And then I think you also have to say that the Angels would be foolish if they weren't getting him a ton of work in those intra-squad games. You want to get a look at him. This is a guy who you want to be out there every day developing because as early as 2021, you plan on him being part of your everyday lineup. So he has to be involved in those games. And I'm not sure there's a direct line to him having huge intra-squad game involvement to regular 2020 playing time. So, you know, you raised a lot of the arguments that makes it risky to go uh, go after Joe Adele. Um, that, you know, that said, I mean, there is considerable upside there. He's one of baseball's best prospects. Uh, there's certainly, you know, the possibility, and I've, I've referred to this recently, where, you know, you can look at minor league stats and where a top prospect may, may struggle. In fact, I think we discussed this, maybe it was in regard to uh, Dylan Carlson. And, um, you know, so the same thing would apply to Joe Adele. He did make that leap to AAA, didn't fare as well as Carlson did in his brief time in AAA. Uh, strikeout rate was way up, not a ton of power there. So not you know, not even a huge body of work at AA, but hit very well when he did play there. So on the one hand, it's it, I think we all do this. We say, well, it's a lay around flyer. You go for upside. You know, what's the risk? There's no risk. You know, you're going to probably drop that player anyway. But in looking at who's behind Adele, in the uh, ADP rankings, I got to say there are a number of players there that I just think probably have similar or better upside and, and far less risk. So let's let's do a couple of would you rather's here, uh, starting with Dylan Carlson, who is being drafted 30 on average, 31 spots behind Joe Adele. I think and I think you would agree a much clearer path to playing time and a, a better, um, albeit brief uh, track record triple A. So is that does that uh, pull the lever in favor of Carlson for you? It does. It's really the playing time here aspect. I'm not concerned at all with Joe Adele's AAA performance last year. He was 20 years old. Uh, he only had 130 plate appearances there. He uh, is roundly viewed consensus top 10 prospect, top six prospect, in fact, by the uh, prospect rating services. So I'm not really too concerned about that, but Dylan Carlson's going to play, I think, mostly every day now that the NL has the DH. So uh, that right there makes it an easy choice for me. All right. And, um, you know, you just finished managing the alternate universe Cubs, and I know you're you know <laughs> extremely familiar with them anyway. So, uh, you know, I feel like maybe I've stacked the deck a little bit with this comparison, but Ian Happ, 278 ADP, uh, would you rather use a late pick on him or on Joe Adele? I would. Another guy who I think is going to play every single day for the Cubs is switch hitting helps. The fact that he is probably the team's second best 
defensive center fielder Albert, Albert Almora, obviously the best center fielder for them defensively, but Hap brings you know better eye at the plate, much more power than Almora, the flexibility to hit from both sides of the plate. With the DH, I think Ian Hap is going to play mostly every day too, so uh, definitely a guy who, because of playing time and because I think he's just probably a better 2020 player overall than Joe Adele, I go Hap pretty easily over Adele. All right. Um, Mike Gostromsky, I can see that this one might uh, go the other way. His ADP much, much lower, 298. But he does have the advantage of having shown us what he can do in the better part of a major league season. So, um, you know, who would you rather have there? Yeah, you know, Mike Yastrzemski was one of my favorite late-round targets way back when we were drafting in February and March. Uh, the guy, as you said, showed us what he can do over the better part of a major league season. Last year, 21 homers, hit 272, a 518 slugging percentage. Pretty good grades when you look at the hard hit rate, the X-slug. Uh, a guy who can uh, hold his own in the outfield as well, so shouldn't expect him to be out of the lineup. Not a guy who needs the DH, but hey, we'll take the DH. Uh, I really like Mike Yastrzemski, actually. He might be the guy who I would go after first out of this group that we've talked about, so I'm definitely taking him over Adele. Okay, and a couple more. Corey Dickerson, um, yeah, you know, the, the environment maybe uh, is not the best uh, signing with the Marlins for this season, but, you know, somebody who's proven that he can hit for average and for power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this might be the first one where I would consider Adele, but again, it just it, it's hard with that playing time. And yeah, back when we were preparing for when we thought the season was going to start in March, I had some shows with all of our beat writers here at The Athletic, and I talked to Fabian Ardaya, obviously, about the Angels, and he made the point that, you know, just because Otani is pitching when he's pitching doesn't mean that the DH is going to go to someone new. They want to find days for rest for everyone, all the principals in that lineup, Trout, Rendon, uh, Upton, Pujols, they want to get days for those guys out of the field. And that was when we thought it was going to be a normal season. This is anything but. I would think in that in this case, they're going to want to find days off for those guys even more. So I think that the DH is going to be a hard way for Adele to get into the lineup. And because of that, I guess I probably have to lean with Dickerson. But this is one where I would maybe let the upside drive my decision and go with Adele. Okay. Well, um, you know, I mean, so you're kind of on the fence there. Let's see if we can get one definitive uh, <laughs> check mark in favor of Adele. And this is a guy I just, I, I like a lot. And I know I would actually go with him and his demonstrated upside. And that's Domingo Santana, who's getting drafted 90 spots on average later than Adele. Yeah, man. I mean, I am with you on Domingo Santana. <laughs> Let's remember the year he was having last year before he got injured. Yep. He was hitting for power. He was stealing bases, uh, doing it in a pretty bad hitting environment in Seattle. Now he joins uh, the Cleveland Indians, uh, a better hitting environment, maybe not uh, as tough of pitching up and down the central as he saw in the West or would be seeing still in the West. And he's going to get to play for this team every single day in what could be a very potent lineup. You're talking about getting the hit behind Francisco Lindor, Oscar Mercado, Carlos Santana, Jose Ramirez, Fran Mil Reyes. There's going to be a lot of dudes on base for Domingo Santana when he comes to the plate, unless Fran Mil Reyes just hits like 30 homers in 60 games and clears them all in front of him. Uh, I really like Domingo Santana too. So I love Joe Adele's future, but I just think the path to playing time for this year is too fraught with hurdles to really trust him over any of these names. All right. Yeah. And just if it's not abundantly clear, we are talking about in terms of redraft value, obviously a whole different thing if you're talking about keeper (laughs) dynasty league for sure. So, um, 
you know, we probably don't have enough time in this episode to really do the topic I'm about to bring up justice, but at least want to kind of get a conversation started here, Michael, because um, I was reading a piece on MLB.com about uh, the Mets plans for this year. And um, Brody Van Wagenen made a, a he had a quote there that was along the lines of, you know, we're going to be, uh, you know, open to trying different things with our pitching staff. And, you know, we're, we're reading that a lot, right? A lot of different organizations. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. They, yeah. There's clearly an incentive uh, for teams to do that in the 60 game season. So I thought, well, you know, is it possible that that's good for certain starters? Cause uh, you know, we've talked about it in terms of, well, you know, maybe so-and-so will only go at three innings a shot and that's not great for their value. But I did a quick um, sort from 2019, which pitchers had the biggest gap between the WOBA they allowed through the first time, first two times through the order, and the WOBA they allowed the third time through the order. And so here's the top 10 in terms of having a, a negative differential. That is being much, much worse the third time through the order. Sonny Gray, the biggest one. That surprised me. Joey Lucchese, much less surprising. Anibal <laughs> Sanchez, Jake Odorizzi. That's another one you would expect to be there, right? Masahiro Tanaka, Jack Flaherty, John Gray, Aaron Sanchez, Kyle Gibson, and Domingo Herman. Those are the 10 who fared the worst in the third time around compared to the first two times around. So, you know, I think a few names stand out here. Lucchese, Anibal Sanchez, Odorizzi, um, Kyle Gibson. Uh, do you think that, you know, if they wound up going four, you know, four plus innings in the start of their teams got experimental, mm-hmm. that might actually help them, even though they might lose some wins that way? Definitely. 100%. I think it's going to play to a lot of these guys' uh, um, uh, benefits this season. I'm guessing that Gray and Flaherty were on there because they were so good the first time through, the first two times through. I mean, uh, but uh, the one who jumped out at me right away, and I'll admit this partially because I had him in a lot of spots last year, so I just had a good feeling he would be involved in a list like this, is Joey Lucchese. I mean, I can't tell you how many times. I live in Chicago, so I'm you know, two hours ahead of the Pacific time zone, and I can't tell you how many times you know, I would like check my phone uh, not too long before going to bed. It would be like 10, 30, 11 o'clock here, 9 o'clock there, and he would be having you know, a great start through like five innings. And then one more time, one more check, you know, brush the teeth, do whatever, one more check, and suddenly he's out after five and a third and he's given up four earned runs it seemed like every single time Joey Lucchese went to the mound it followed that sort of path I love the stuff I think the stuff plays really well and I would love to see what he could do in another full season but if you have that flexibility which every team does have to begin with and the Padres are going to have in spades I mean we've talked about this team quite a bit on this show this season they've got Guys like Mackenzie Gore coming up, Luis Patino, who they're going to be able to maybe use uh, and take some strain off of their starting five. And then you also have the fact that this is going to be one of the best, potentially the very best bullpen in all of Major League Baseball. Joey Lucchese, to me, becomes a guy who, if they decide to you know, always take him out after two times through, uh, gets a little bit of a boost in his fantasy juice this season. So he's someone who I really like, and I think out of all the guys you listed, he's the one who I am most interested in because of the flexibility that teams are going to have with their pitching staffs this year. Yeah, and maybe that's something you take advantage of uh, when you get to that point in the draft where um, you might be targeting Lucchese and you look at your, your categories and say, okay, well, maybe I'm all right for wins, uh, but you mm-hmm. know, he could really, you know, help maybe still even with limited innings, help with strikeouts and, and you know, certainly with ERA. So, uh, you know, interesting thing that um, I'll definitely look into more. And speaking of digging in deeper, um, Nando Defino has done just that with the topic of the universal DH, um, which, of course, we've talked about a great deal, as you know, has been the case on podcasts across the uh, the world. Um 
So you may recall that Nando did a piece uh, several weeks back on NL hitters that would be favorably impacted by universal the universal DH. He's updated it. So check that out. Adjusting ADP, eight players whose values go up with the universal DH. That's Nando Defino. And if you think that Jed Jerko is not on that list, you are sadly mistaken. So uh, <laughs> Nando's always going to find a way to get Jed Jerko on any positive list. That's right. So he does it here. That's your, your teaser uh, for today. So for Michael Beller, I'm Al Melkier, and we'll be right back here again on Friday. <laughs>